previously at the Macarius Avenue. This morning I'm teaching on time, seasons, and judgments. It'll help you to understand the way God works so you don't assume. Hallelujah. Every truth must be based on the word of God. In Genesis chapter 1, we are going to establish the fact. In Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. That was not the beginning of God, it is the beginning of this kind of God's creation. And the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of god moved upon the face of the waters and god saw the light that it was good and god divided the light from the darkness and god called the light day and the darkness he called night and the evening and the morning were what? Oh, you got to help me. The evening and the morning was the first day. God has started counting days. Because in the realm of the spirit, there is no Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. In the realm of the spirit, is a day. You are just living in one day. So times and seasons began in the earth realm. So we look at it and say, the morning and the evening became the first day. So God has started counting days. And immediately God started counting days. That should tell you that everything that will happen in this world will be based on days that God has put together. So your whole lifetime will be based on the number of days they are going to spend. Man has been able to calculate days into months and months into into years. So we look at it. Let's go to Genesis chapter 5. Just have to follow me gradually. Genesis chapter 5. This is the book of the generations of Adam. In the day that God created man, in the likeness of God made he him. Male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam. And in the day when they were created. And Adam lived an hundred and thirty years and begat a son. One thirty years. In his own likeness after his image and, he, and called his name Seth. And the days of Adam after he had begotten Seth were 800 years, and he begat sons and daughters. And all the days of that Adam lived were 930 years. He died. One man lived 930 years. Praise God. Did he still die? He died. Seth lived. And hundred and five years and begat Enos. The first time this guy is now knowing his wife is hundred and five. Even though they have to wait to hundred and five before you get married. Now 21, 22, you are married. 
105 before he's known a woman. Wow. Verse 7. <laughs> and Seth lived after he begat Enos 807 years and begat sons and daughters. Let's go. I'm just saying, that's what she's teaching, so you got to follow. Is he okay? Yes, Clap your hands for the Lord. And all the days of Seth were 912. It's, it has reduced. And he died. Let's go. And Enos lived 90 years and begat Cain. So first, 105. Now it has gone down to, oh, where is it? To 90. So now 90 years. The guy is now marrying and giving birth to his firstborn. Because he will live long. Hallelujah. <laughs> Let's go. And uh, some people say that, oh, those times, it was not that the way they were counting the years was not. It's properly calculated, please. Very properly calculated. And Enos lived after he begat Canaan 815 years and begat sons and daughters. Uh-huh. And all the days of Enos were 905 years and he also died. What, what are you seeing? That you will not live here forever. Tell somebody. Even now that we don't get to 900, people are misbehaving with their life. Look at somebody married 90. He will live 900. Let's add one more. Let's go, verse 12. And Canaan lived 70 years and begat Mahalel. And Canaan lived after he began Mahalel 840 years and he began sons and daughters. Hey, all of them, sons and daughters, sons and daughters, ah, sons and daughters. And all the days of Canaan were 910. And he. And that is how the generations have become. Your great grandfather is no more alive, depending on your age. So somebody was born in 1900s, the probability that they are dead is very, very high. Praise God. Just a few. So it means that you don't have time. So God works with time. Everything is time bound. So whatever you are here to do, you don't have time. Tell somebody, the person thing that he has time. Sometimes the devil makes us to leave this world as though we are going to live here forever. So we are here, we are just going, we are fighting for a job, we are trying to build houses. We are doing everything as though we are going to be here forever. You know, go there here forever. You are on a lease which will expire. So then the Bible said, God, teach us to number our days so that we can apply our hearts unto wisdom. Longevity is not accidental. It's by applying God's principles and understanding that you and I don't have time. And whatever purpose for which God brought you to this earth, you are have a limited time to finish it. Especially those of us in this generation. Because not many cross even 100 in this generation. There are more sicknesses in our time than there used to be. Hallelujah. Hey, are you here? If you are here, clap your hands. Let me know you are here. 
I'm just taking it slowly. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. So you are in times and you go into seasons. So when God puts you in a certain time and a season, you have to take advantage of the time and the season. That is why if somebody's a teenager, let's allow teenagers to be teenagers because very soon they'll no more be teenagers. You have to grow. And the more you grow, the more responsibilities on you. Growth, adulting is not a joke. The more you grow, the more responsibility. The reason why we say you are an adult, it means that number one, you are responsible for yourself. Because children are not responsible for themselves. Somebody is responsible for them. But if you become an adult, it means that you are responsible for yourself. And you cannot blame anybody that this person didn't do this for me. Did this person you got to be responsible for your life. And not only your life, you become a matured person in adulthood, meaning that you are responsible for other people. And you are growing. And the more you become responsible, the more time you don't have. So, yesterday I was saying that those in their 20s, they are in their prime. If you're in your 20s and you spend all your time entertaining, because entertainment is the thing that steals majority of our time. Entertainment. So you realize that all your life, you want to entertain yourself, you want to be happy. It's easier to go to party than to come to church. It is easier to watch football than to go for a prayer meeting. But the football will do nothing to your life. It will impact nothing to your destiny. The only person that is impacting his life is the guy on the field playing it. Because that is his profession. So he's spending all his time training. He's spending all his time playing. He's spending all his time doing that. Then he's making money out of it. Whilst you are spending all your time watching. Meanwhile, you too, you must spend most of your time doing what you're supposed to do. So that when you have leisure, you can watch. So the live shows have become the dangerous part. The live shows, because you don't want to miss it. Meanwhile, you can rewatch it. But they set you up like that and say, no, if I miss Barcelona and Manchester, boom. But you can miss it and watch it later. Especially if you have a business deal. Especially if you're going to do something that will profit you godly. Something that will bring you money. Because the guy is making his money. So the ability to apportion your time to know what matters and what does not matter at every season is what we are saying that you are applying your heart unto wisdom. Can the amen be louder? I pray that many of us will be able to apply our hearts unto wisdom. Especially when you know you don't have time. There's a time to go to school. At your prime, it's, 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 it's beautiful to be able to go to school in your prime. After a certain age, going back to school is more difficult. More difficult. If you're a young lady, you want to go to school, you want to um, do your master's, you want to do PhD and all that, you realize that you have to spend your time at that time giving in your all. Because if you, if you allow marriage and other things to come in too quickly, children come in, you may not be able to do it. Because that season is over. You have added more responsibility to your life. I pray that we shall apply our hearts unto wisdom. We don't have time. There's a season you have to marry. If that season bypasses, it may take you another long time. So when you have made up your mind, the Father wish. So somebody will say, how will I even know the season? That's why we got to pray. 
because we miss it all the time. So we'll pray and pray. Father, especially like we have started a year like this. Most people will not pray. They'll take the year lightly. Oh. Meanwhile, somebody's lying in a coffin for the year. No, I don't mean those who are dead. That is what they have been given to do. He's fasting 40 days. And he's lying in a coffin. And the Christian that has God cannot even fast for three days. Because we have taken God for granted. There are things that God will not do until you step up into another level. Hallelujah. You don't say that, oh, God is there for me. Oh. So we like quoting nice things. If God is on my side, nothing can touch me. Something will touch you. God is on your side, but he says, submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. If you are not submitted under the mighty hand of God, the devil will touch you, he will kill you, he will destroy you. Because that is his speciality. He knows how to attack. His speciality is attack. So to kill and to destroy. So you must specialize in hiding in God. So that the more you are hiding in God, the more he cannot touch you. Can the amen be louder? Oh, shake somebody and say, hey. May you apply your heart unto wisdom. And put your time in order. So you let people do things anyhow. They don't know how to apportion their time. The sad part is when the Christians say, I don't know how to balance my Christian life with my work, with my marriage. <laughs> you want to balance it? You are a Christian. Are you balancing being a Ghanaian with uh, your marriage? Are you balancing being a Ghanaian with your job? Because you're a Ghanaian. Yeah. A Ghanaian is a Ghanaian. You have to go to work. You have to pray. You have to whatever. So you are a Christian and that is it. Yeah. So you don't need to balance it. You have to learn how to apportion your time as a Christian to be able to get results in every area. Yeah. Can the amen be louder? Yeah. If not, you will try to put your Christian life aside and say, let me do a little bit of Christianity. Give what belongs to Caesar to Caesar. Then I'll go and give what belongs to the devil or whoever. That's not a good one. You are a Christian. And you are a Christian for life. Clap your hands for God. Oh, I don't like the way you are clapping. See, I'm a Christian and I'm Christian for life. Shout it. See, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian for life. Every other thing must align to my Christian walk. Can the amen be louder? Daniel chapter 2. Daniel chapter 12. Daniel 12. Okay, let's go Daniel chapter 2 first. Daniel chapter 2 verse 20. I'm just taking a count. And Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and, forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. All the wisdom belongs to God. And he changed times and the seasons. He removed kings and set up kings. 
He giveth wisdom unto the wise, and knowledge to them that know what? Hey, I can't hear you. They know understanding. God is the one that changes times and seasons. These things are in the hands of God. You can't wake up and decide that tomorrow will be Hamatan. No. Those ones, they're in the, in the hands of God. You can't decide that tomorrow there will be no sun. They are in the hands of God. These things, man can do nothing much about it. Can the amen be louder? Amen. One day I watched a video about a guy who said he can, he can make rain come down and went to do incantation, did whatever, whatever. And I saw the rain. I said, this is not rain. Try make some, some drizzle here and there. They said they made rain to come. I said, okay, sometimes you try. But if God says no, it's no. And they pay them so that if somebody's wedding, they can shift the rain to another side. And they pay the guy. He tried to shift the rain. When he shifts the rain, it comes. When he shifts the rain, it comes. I said, God is just showing this guy that there are things you cannot manipulate in his world. Because the world belongs to God. He's the one that changes times and seasons. Which season are you in? The season you are in, you got to take advantage of it. Because that season will bypass. And if it passes... And you are praying that God, oh, what will you do? That season might not come back again. So God puts you in a season. There are seasons that God will just push on you to just pray and pray and pray. Because God is aligning you. Maybe something's about to happen for you, either good or bad, for the next five, ten years. That season, you realize that there will be so much. Ah, you don't know why you feel like praying all the time. When that season is over, the things that were supposed to happen, that is bad. They will all happen to you. Because you didn't take advantage of the season. All the good things too that were supposed to happen, they might never happen. And you say, oh God, why you know? And God say, I woke you up to pray. All you did was to open the fridge and eat bread. And went back to watch a movie so that you can sleep. But that was the time the Holy Spirit was pushing you. Pray. Because you are entering into a season where things are about to turn around. Can the amen be louder? So God is the one that changes times. Times and seasons. Tell somebody, times and seasons. They are in the hands of God. So when you see people playing with their time or a particular season that they are in, thinking that, oh, no problem. It will come back. You know when it will come back. Why? Those things are in the hands of God. They are in the hands of God. He can change the time. Look at it again. He said, He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. It is God. He rules in the affairs of men. He putteth one king and put another king down. Somebody will rise today. God is the one making him rise. The same God can pull him down and raise another person. He said, I'm the God. I choose whom I have mercy on and whom I don't have mercy on. This is the realm of God. So if I want to walk with God, I will not take some things lightly. I'm entering into a season and this year we have entered into a season of favor. So I will not take it lightly at all. I'm in my season of favor. Say it. Only two people. Shout this out in my season of favor. I will not take it lightly. Mercy is coming to me. I will take advantage of God's mercy so that I can receive the favor that I have to receive. 
If you believe what he just said, sound a big amen. So I'll not take lightly the season that I'm in. Every time I wake up, Father, you are having mercy on my soul. Let those who criticize you criticize you. Let those who mock you. Sometimes critics don't know what God is doing behind the scenes. So as they talk, just allow yourself for God to take you through the times, through the seasons. Hallelujah. And very soon when you come out, you enter into another season. Life is in phases. So when you are in a certain phase, give it your all. This is my face. Give it your all. Because that face will never come back again. Maybe. When you, when you leave your 20s, you will never come back to be 20 years again. When you leave your 30s, you will never come back to be 30 years again. That face of your life is gone. Face your 40s. Face your 50s. That's why I'm not too excited about birthdays. I'm not so excited. Before I will celebrate, it means that I've done a lot of thinking, a lot of God. What do you want me to do in this particular year that I'm entering? That's the things people don't ask. They are happy about the cake. Let children eat the cake. When you grow, you are like, God, I'm going to be 35. I'm going to uh, 29. What am I going to do? This year, because 29, I'm crossing to 30. 39, I'm crossing to 40. 49, I'm crossing to 50. I'm getting to another phase of my life, giving me another 10 years, decade, for me to be able to change things. Praise God. But some people just keep walking. Hallelujah. May you not be the part that just keep walking. Oh, tell somebody, may you not just keep walking. And just keep going on. Can the amen be louder? Now, because God is a time, is a God of times and seasons, all of God's judgments are between times and seasons. God will not judge you just on any matter. He will judge you for the times and the seasons, the opportunities he gave you on every matter. So, if somebody's life is from maybe, he, he, maybe he gets from to just 30 and he passes away. It's the opportunity that was given him between that time and 30. That is how God is going to judge him. God is also going to judge everybody according to the opportunities that was open for him. Whether you make use of the opportunity or you just allow it to go, thinking that it will come again. That is how judgments of God comes in. Can the amen be louder? So, maybe you are in a season where now God is bringing a lot of great people into your life. How are you going to channel all that to be able to do what God has called you to do? If you leave those seasons and you just do things anyhow and the season leaves, God's judgment will come upon you at that particular time, based on that season. When you go back to God in prayer, God says, I brought you men. I brought you people. But he didn't take advantage of it. Therefore, it will take you another 10 years. That is God's judgment for that matter. It will take you another 10 years for such people to come back into your life again. And when God has decreed on that matter, I don't know what kind of prayer you can pray to change it. So sometimes when we want to pray for people, we want to understand what is God's judgment on the person. Sometimes God is judging them with some sickness. No matter how we pray. Even the person can get healed, the man will walk out, the disease will come back. Because God himself is judging them on the matter. There is something they have done that they don't want to repent. So, the sickness has come. Did God put the sickness on them? No. God just stepped back. 
and the enemy put the sickness on them and God will do nothing. So the person humbles himself and say, God, I am wrong on this matter. Then God says, okay, it's time for your healing. Now that you know that you are wrong, be healed. Can the amen be louder? And that is God's mercy. Oh, let the amen be loud. Raise up your hand and say, Father, have mercy upon my soul. One time somebody was in big trouble. I'm trying to help the person. God said, don't. Even help, you can don't just get up and help people. Because sometimes there are people that God himself is dealing with them on a particular matter. Because God has given them all, all the opportunities. Every money they got, they spent it anyhow. Every money they got, they spent it anyhow. Every money they got, they destroyed it. Now when it comes to that time where God's judgment comes. And sometimes when God's judgment comes like that, God can let everybody forget about you. You can be around, but people are forgotten about you. You don't know why nobody's checking up on you as they used to. There are times, there are seasons in your life, Charlie calls, every little thing, hey, we, we, where are you? Why you know everybody's calling? At the time it comes, we realize that ah, why are people not calling me? And that's the time probably you are in big trouble. And God has made everybody forgot about you. And you can be forgotten. And that is why you don't have to be proud. Because you can be around and still not be around. Ask Saul. Saul was around, but they were singing of David's praise whilst he was still a king. He was around, but the people were jeering toward David. That is why he became bitter. He wanted to kill David. But the problem was not David. The problem is because himself, God has rejected him. Because God can reject a man. That is why we cry. Say, Father, have mercy. Oh, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Say, Father, have mercy, Lord. First Corinthians of Romans chapter 14. Romans 14, verse 13. He said, Let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather, that no man puts a stumbling block or an occasion towards. I didn't hear that. So he said, when it comes to judgment, you are rather judging yourself. What am I doing to make another man fall? This is what we, you are rather looking at. Praise God. Come to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. Let a man account of us as the ministers of Christ and stewards of the ministries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. But with me... It is a very small thing that I should be judge of you, of a man's judgment. Yeah, I judge not my own self, for I know nothing by myself, and yet I'm not hereby justified. But he that judges me is the Lord. The man that can put himself for God to judge him, anybody's judgment is useless. That's what Paul is saying. He said he doesn't care about your judgment because he himself, he submits himself for God to judge him. Father, where am I with you? 
Am I walking the way I'm supposed to walk? Am I doing the things I'm supposed to do? So he said that after God has judged him and he comes and you are judging him, you are wasting your time. For I know nothing myself yet. I'm not here but justified. But he that judgeth me is the Lord. Let's go. Therefore judge nothing before the time. Until the Lord come. Who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the heart. And then shall every man have praise of God because they are hidden things in a man's heart. Sometimes the things hidden in a man's heart, you will never know. So you see that man say, such a good man. And you see somebody say, look at that bad guy. But he said, don't judge the thing before Jesus comes. Why? Because Jesus will judge righteous judgment. He's the one that knows the intent of a man's heart. Can the amen be louder? Because the heart is full of secrets. So he said that everything will come to bear with light. So Jesus will flood light on you. Everything that was in your heart will just show up. Why were you coming to church? You were coming to church because of something. You are not coming to church on a, uh, with a pure motive. That one to God will judge it. So he said, let us not judge anything before the time. Because judgment is in the hands of God. Can I get a very big amen? amen. And he will make manifest the counsels of the heart. This heart of ours. If we don't allow God to channel our heart onto what he is doing, okay. you realize that your heart can deceive you. There's a sometimes when people come to church, sometimes they are coming to church, they think they are coming to church for me. You come to church for me? Come to church because you ought to. You are there to grow in the word of God. So when something little happens, I'm leaving the church. And they, they become so pompous in the, in the sight that as though when they leave, it is me that I've lost. No, I'm just a shepherd over the souls that Jesus has. If the person goes, I have no loss, it's God that loses. Especially if the person goes out of the kingdom. It is not me. It is Jesus. Can the amen be louder? But God will judge. So when you see somebody going through something, don't be quick to judge the matter. Hey, I know that this person is going through this because of this. Did God reveal it to you? So the things that are revealed are for the sons. The things that are not revealed, let's leave it before God. That is why these things will help you not to comment on things that you shouldn't comment. Maturity is when you come to a level where somebody brings a matter and you say, this particular one, I can't comment on it. It is beyond me. It means that you have grown. But the ones who are still baby, they'll comment on every matter. This is a him. It means that you don't understand the judgments of God. And that maybe that matter, the way it is being talked about, God is about to bring judgment on the person. By the time you add it will, you have conquered. So God, when he's bringing judgment, will add up all the people who conquered with the matter. Because sometimes you can never know the counsel in a man's heart. The person is smiling and saying the thing, but inside his heart, you can never tell. Can the amen be louder? Oh, I pray that we will not, we will not judge things before the time. Hey, this is your amen, dear. Clap your hands. You are sleeping on me. Shake the person by and say, hey, 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 hey. Tell him, hey, hey. Can the amen be louder? 
So that's how God's judgments work. I told you death is not a big judgment for the believer. Because death means that come home and come and rest. And sometimes God will let you come home to rest before your time because he realized that where you are going, if you don't come home, you will miss it and you go to hell. So God will clap. And that's God's love for us. When you say the real guy, you preach Whatever you do, any boy for you, sure. Now come on, a bad thing. And because Jesus is no more Lord, so the God sends it. He sends the angels. Pick him up, pick him up, pick him. Oda wa ni afau. Oda moto we a boom or something boom. It's those things are called sudden death. It is not God. You have gotten to that place where God loves you so much that why a boniama? If God looks at you, you are journeying into the abyss, the place of no return. Heaven has 12 gates. Hell has only one gate. You enter, you don't come out. Because when you enter, it's a bottomless pit. You are going, uh, you know, no gate. It only have one gate of entry. Dangerous place. It's called a dungeon. But heaven has 12 gates. Read about it. Yes. Even that one, nobody wants to leave. They even put gates. So that if you want to, you can go. But no, you cry, you won't go. <laughs> Clap your hands for God. Judgment. Judgment. And sometimes God is judging somebody and death is coming. And there's sometimes there's no prayer we can pray to keep the person. We just have to allow the person to go home. Some home goings are orchestrated by God. But God is very strict with his instructions. He said, Moses, point to the rock. Moses struck the rock because of the people. Not because of him. Moses doesn't need the water. They put, well, you Moses, you Moses, you, hey. That's why some people can criticize the man of God until he makes a wrong move. You Moses, we, we were eating our garlic in, in where? In Egypt. You came that God said we should go. Now that we have come here, look at us. We are thirsty. We are hungry. Take us back to Egypt. Hey. The guy is saying, take us back to slavery. The same guys who rejoice when they pass through the Red Sea. And Moses told them, the Egyptians you see, you shall see them no more. And when they crawled, they were like, yeah! Now they're in the wood and say, Moses, you came here to kill us. The Bible called them stiff-necked people. Moses was the greatest pastor ever. <laughs> Moses, greatest pastor ever. Six million people. You cannot pastor such people. Even look at us, I'm getting tired already. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you are talking about Moses that's why Moses got angry so many times Moses was not a quick tempered guy the Bible Jesus said that he was the meekest man on earth it's not that Moses was quick tempered they are people somebody will come this one stole my goat he said I've told you people nobody should steal goats go he won't steal your goats again tomorrow morning will come the guy that he has stolen again he said you to go and steal his goats 
He was tired. He would come and say, this one slapped me. This one said, no, 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 no. Don't do that again. Nature, yes, certainly. Another time, there were slaps in the camps. Moses got up. This was not the commandment of the Lord. This was Moses' own commandment. They were called the, some of the mosaic laws. Moses had to put it on the people because he was getting tired. So Moses now said, tooth for a tooth and nine for an eye. Somebody slap you, you two slap them. Nobody can fight them to me for camps. <laughs> sure. Those of you who are, I'm trying to show you so that you can, you can appreciate the work I'm doing. So that you, when you are criticizing me, I, I don't say don't criticize me, but criticize me. Because I'm not perfect. Because with your, with your children at home, sometimes these children can disturb you. This one said, this one taking my shopping now. You say, no, no, give it to him. Go, go, what's up, go for her. You to go and take the shopping now. Because you want, you all you want. <laughs> Imagine Moses with six million people. No church or there. He's camping with them. So Moses would do counseling from morning to evening. One day Jethro called him and said, Moses, come. The way you are doing this counseling, you are about to die. Because when you wake up, you, you can't. So Moses became quick-tempered because of the people. Because today he does this, they say, hey. Tomorrow he says this, he say, hey. He didn't know what to do anymore. So now they were criticizing you. I brought us to come and die. I say, hey, this boy, I know this boy, that manna came right now. They have seen miracles, but yet they are still complaining that they will die. How will I bring them here to come and kill them? They have forgotten that I'm also part of them. Sometimes people forget that the man of God is also part. They have forgotten Moses. If there's no water, won't Moses himself die? So Moses now took the rod. It's water. Drink. It's not water you want. Did the water come out? Yes. But is that what God told him to do? Come to Romans chapter 2. To also be a Why can First Corinthians. Okay. First Corinthians chapter 10. <clears throat> First Corinthians 10. Verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I will not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. And were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And did eat the same spiritual meat. And did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And the rock was Christ. So when God instructed Moses, he didn't know that that rock was Christ. The rock was typifying Christ. So he got angry, and the prophets have already prophesied that Christ should be smitten once. So Moses started beating Jesus before he was crucified. <laughs> so then God's judgment came upon him and said, Moses, go to Mount Nebo and die. You will not enter the promised land. When God says that, you say, Father, I beg. No. Because you have broken scripture. Anything that breaks scripture is dangerous. 
So God had to punish Moses and said, Moses, you have done what you have done, but the promised land, I will not let you enter. And that was God's judgment. Nothing, he has passed the judgment already. Nothing can be done about it. David, because David took somebody's wife and killed the person, the Bible said blood was in his hands. Every king goes to war. But that blood was an innocent blood. So because of that, God promised David that he will build a temple. But because of that, he said, David, there's innocent blood on your hand. Because of that, judgment has been passed. You will not build the temple. What have you done that God about judgment? Because sometimes something God can pass a particular judgment. And that one, no man of God can help you. The only person that can help you is God Himself. So sometimes of praying prayers of petition, we are claiming and we are taking. That's the time you are crying on God, Father, have mercy. Those are that's what my mom's prayer. But now I understand there are things if God doesn't have mercy on you, you will never cross. Now look at Abraham. Hey, my time is up. Now look at Abraham and Sarah. Their season for childbirth has passed. It has passed. The season is over. Abraham was 75. There was no way he was going to have a child. The season is over. But by the mercies of God, he came, he had a visitation. And God said, you shall have a child. That was God's promise to him. It took another 25 years. God, if you shall have a child, I want to be next year. Because God is dealing with some processes behind the scenes that we do not see. Thank God that God even visited him. There are things that when you lose and your season pass, until God visits you, that season may never come back again. So we can pray, Father, have mercy. The seasons that have passed, it is by your mercies. Have mercy and restore. Oh, I thought I would hear amen. Somebody say, Father, have mercies and restore. Lift up your hand and say, Father, have mercy. Have mercy. Have mercy and bring restoration. Can the amen be louder? There are things you know and there are things you don't know. And if God doesn't teach you, you will never know. You can just keep walking in this life. And sometimes judgment has been placed on you. Ken Hagen says that there was a, a woman of God in his church, very faithful woman. And one day, a guy committed adultery, and in his heart, he said quietly, in his heart, ah, I think that God should have done this for this sister, so so and so rather. And God spoke loudly to him. He said, you have judged a thing before the time. The one you are calling faithful is living in rebellion because I have called her into ministry and for over 40 years, she had decided that she would do the ministry. So she would rather be a faithful usher than to come and leave everything and preach for God. So the person is a faithful usher, but her, her faithfulness is at the wrong place. And God despised her faithfulness as a usher because God has called her into frontline ministry and she doesn't want to do it. Probably fear or whatever. So sometimes the one you are calling faithful, is he very faithful? Because faithfulness is God that sees it. 
Because somebody may just run away from something and decide to be faithful in something. And God said that, no, you should be faithful where I have called you to. If God wants you to be in the Macarius, you'll run away from me and go and be faithful somewhere. God said, ah, yeah, yeah. Zero work that you are doing. May God let us understand judgment. Can the amen be louder? Now, can I climb a little higher? Say, may God help me. Hallelujah. Sometimes you can be with a good man. If you take that good man for granted for a long time, God can call him home. And that is you, your judgment. So that you see the absence of a good man. And all the rest of your life, you pray for a good man, you will never have it. Because God gave you a man and you were never faithful. You were always didn't see the goodness of that man. Because that man himself is not judgment. That man himself, God said, come and enjoy bliss in heaven. And leave this person alone. There are churches that God can take their pastor, but not this church. Because they don't appreciate the work. And the man is struggling. Especially, you see, oh. Ministries are in faces. Yeah, they're in faces. And sometimes God can call a man for a certain face and later take him into the field. But there are pastors that are called to their people for a lifetime. So those who are called to their people for a lifetime, if the people don't accept them the way they are, it means that all the time they are spending with them is waste because they cannot be fruitful. So God will say, that, look, I've called you to these people. They are not accepting you. Know, just come and leave them alone. It means that those people have lost. For that dispensation, they will not find any man of God that can help them in their destiny. They can pray and pray and pray and God will bring them now. That's between Malachi and Matthew. God brought them prophets. They stoned the prophets. They killed some of the prophets. They did a lot to them. So for 600 years, God never brought any prophet again. So it means that between Malachi and Matthew, if you are sick, you are going to die. There is no Elijah to heal you of your palsy. No activity, no visions. The Bible says in those days, visions were rare until Jesus came. And now, when they saw blind eyes open, they were like, wow. But Elijah did the same thing. So you can be in a place, you can see miracles, ah, and take it for granted. You know, you have blind eyes. It will open. Oh, prof. You just say it is done. Oh, go, go. It's done, it's done, it's done. Till you take all... <laughs> clap your hands for God. Till you take all those things for granted, then God will bring judgment. So sometimes people that live... It's not that God is judging them. God is trying to prove something to somebody that they were with. That didn't take them seriously. So God will just take them away. So that there is a gap between their life. From that time, they will see something. That God is the God that rules in the affairs of men. It happened to Kenneth Hagen. Kenneth Hagen said his, his wife started complaining when he started traveling. He had been a pastor for a long time, but he started traveling to ministry and going here. The wife started complaining and want him home. And always on the field preaching. But doctors are on the field. Police people are on the field. Even military men are on the field. Two years, peacekeeping. Their wife are not complaining. It's a man of God. 
Sixty man. I have a friend. Her father will go nine months and come three months. Nine months. Sometimes even go two years and come one week. So one day Jesus appeared to her and said, "You want him dead or alive? Because the way you are complaining, I'd rather take him because." If he's at home, he's no use to me because he's at the last phase of his ministry and his life. So if he's here and he's just with you, he's doing nothing. So I'll call him home. Within some few days, the man was preaching and had a heart attack. And Ken Hagen said the story himself. He said, I know death. I've died before. Because when he was young, he died almost three times and came back to life. Read his books. So he was holding his heart. And he said he's going to call his family because he has, he, has, he has tasted death before. So he knows how death comes. So he said, call my family. I'm about to go. Then the wife shouted, Father, forgive me. When she shouted in the room, boom, the heart, everything came back to normal. Because mercy has come. That is when she told the story to the husband. The man said, oh, and the uncle, at least when you go three weeks, you can see him for some time. But now, you don't see him again. God is a God of judgment. Don't allow the grace mercy to fool you. God is still a God of judgment. He still judges. But in the dispensation of grace, he judges slowly. But that matter will still be judged. That is why we say, Oh, Father, have mercy. Only two people are shouting mercy. Say, Father, have mercy on me. Shout it so that God can have mercy. Lift up your two hands in surrender. Say, Father, have mercy on me. Shout it again. Shout it again. Shout it. Say, Father, mercy on my head. Mercy. Wherever I'm missing it, bring mercy. Bring mercy. Wherever I'm missing it, Lord, let your mercy come upon me. In my own eyes, I may be right, but maybe in your eyes I'm wrong. Help me, put me on the right path. Pray for yourself a bit. Pray for yourself a bit. Father, help me, put, in, put me on the right path. Guide my heart. Guide my life. Guide me, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, sweet Jesus. Let me understand the times and the season. Help me to redeem the time. For the days are evil. Let me not waste my time on frivolous things. Let me give my time to God. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name.